Our second lesson today comes from the gospel according to Matthew. I'm reading the last verses of chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. This is Matthew's story of the birth of Jesus. Listen. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. I heard a joke this week from one of the dear members of this church, and the joke goes like this. A preacher and an airline pilot found themselves at St. Peter's Gate, at Heaven's Gate, at the Pearly Gates. St. Peter asked the preacher, tell me your name and tell me your life's work. The man said his name, and then he said that he had been a preacher, a preacher his whole life, proclaiming the gospel of God's love on every Sunday of the year across so many years. St. Peter paused and asked the preacher to step aside and wait right there. The next man came forward and heard the same instructions from St. Peter. The man stated his name and he said he had been an airline pilot. He had been flying passengers his whole life from destination to destination all across his career and all around the world. St. Peter heard this and said to the, pl- to the pilot, please come in. Welcome to heaven. The preacher stood by befuddled. He said, Why is this happening? I'm a preacher. I spent my life sharing the gospel with every effort. He's a pilot. I'm left here to the side. You let him go right in? St. Peter said, well, when he did his life's work, people prayed. When (laughs) When you did your life's work, people went to sleep. The person who told me this said, it's a joke, Alec. Don't take it seriously. (laughs) So my challenge today is to keep you awake. My challenge today is to keep you awake. And I want to talk about some fresh insights about Joseph. Because I think thinking with fresh insights about Joseph might help us as we venture into this Christmas season, as we move forward in life, as we move forward in whatever season is ours. Fresh insights about Joseph might help us all in the way of 
discipleship. So what does Matthew tell us about Joseph? Matthew says the birth of Jesus took place in this way when his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph. So the first thing we learn about Joseph is his marital status. Joseph and Mary are engaged, but they're not yet living together. According to the customs of the time, Joseph and Mary are involved in a two-stage process of marriage. The first stage was betrothal, which is how older translations uh, interpret this passage. Betrothed is the word, which means more than engaged, actually, in our common parlance. It was really stronger, like pledged. Pledged. In ancient Palestine, couples were bound together with formal words of consent. Formal words of consent. And betrothal would often occur when a woman was quite young, like 12 or 13. Waiting would happen over a period of time, usually about a year, until the second stage of the process which had the woman moving out of her family's home and into the home of her husband. Joseph and Mary are between these two stages. The next thing we learn about Joseph is also important. Joseph is a righteous man. That's what it says, a righteous man, which means that he is scrupulous about keeping the Old Testament law. The Old Testament commandments of God. He is scrupulous about striving to live his life in harmony with the will of God, following the letter of all the provisions of the Mosaic law. A righteous man. And then, this is where we have a major ethical crisis brewing in the story. Mary is found to be with child, pregnant. And Joseph, who is a righteous man, knows he's not the father. To Joseph's mind, then, Mary, his betrothed, has been unfaithful to him. What does the law say about this? Joseph knows. The law says the commandments are clear, and it says the woman is cast aside. In fact, in Deuteronomy, it says a woman in this situation could be stoned to death. Joseph knows the law. Then we learn another thing about Joseph. He is a compassionate man. It says he is unwilling to expose her to public disgrace. So he intends to dismiss her quietly. But he's a righteous man. Can he swerve from the law? Can he? This is what's going on in his head and in his heart. Mary, he concludes, is to be dismissed. The law commands it. Joseph seems to be going that way in this crisis. Dismiss Mary. And just at this point, the story takes one of those surprising turns. Now remember, this is the Bible and God is always involved in these stories with surprising turns. God, again, does something miraculous and memorable and even unusual. An angel appears to Joseph in a dream, and the angel addresses Joseph, calling him son of David, which affirms that he's part of the royal lineage 
of God's steadfast love and faithfulness to God's people. God has plans for God's people, and Joseph is part of those plans. We know that as soon as he says, Son of David. There's a lineage unfolding. And then the angel says what angels always say. And we need to hear this. Do not be afraid. Fear is always on the scene when we're not sure what to do or which way to turn. Fear is always lurking and threatening to get us off track. That is what fear does. The angel says, do not fear. And we need to hear those words no matter what season of life we might claim today. Do not fear. That's the angel's message. The angel says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. In the royal line of David, in the way God is working out God's plan for God's people, in the way that God is working out God's plan for the coming reign of God for all the world, Joseph is to be given a magnificent and memorable and prominent place. Joseph. In the magnificent story of God, Joseph becomes the adoptive father of Jesus, linking him, Joseph, to all God's purposes for establishing the kingdom of God. All this is happening by divine intervention. It says, by the Holy Spirit. That phrase is used several times in this passage. The angel tells Joseph not to dismiss Mary, that God is doing a new thing. This is happening like so many other happenings in the scriptures by the Holy Spirit. This is how God works in the world by the Holy Spirit. This is how God still works in the world by the Holy Spirit. This is how God has always worked in the world by the Holy Spirit. Do you remember the opening words of the book of Genesis? When the earth was a formless void and there was nothing but darkness covering the face of the earth and the Spirit moved across the face of the waters and brings life. Remember, too, when Abraham and Sarah and so many others in so many stories of this wonderful scriptures, they found themselves floundering. They found themselves doubting. They found themselves wondering which way to go and wandering off in all kinds of places. It was the Spirit of God that allowed them to move back in toward faithfulness and toward life. When the Israelites were about to be crushed by the Egyptians, it was the Spirit of God that opened the way when it was the Israelites lost in the wilderness, wondering could they have anything to drink or anything to eat? It was the Spirit of God guiding them, providing for them, caring for them. When they get further along and they're wondering how to be a people without a king and without a land and without a temple, it is the Spirit of God that keeps caring for them, working miraculously, saving them, guiding them, forming them, nurturing them all through the Bible. All through these wonderful stories, when God's people are most lost and most perplexed and most uncertain, it's the Spirit of God who guides and redirects and brings new purpose and new life. Joseph 
wants to follow the law and dismiss Mary. That would be the normal and the fair thing to do in his mind especially. But the angel says, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. All this is by the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this is God's doing. It is by the Holy Spirit. This is how the story of Jesus emerges in Matthew with the message to Joseph. Don't be afraid. God is doing a new thing. That's how the story begins for the whole gospel of Matthew. Don't be afraid. God is up to something great, and you're a part of it. Guess how the story of Matthew ends? It ends in a tomb with women puzzled and perplexed, and it ends with another angel coming on the scene and saying, do not be afraid. God is doing a new thing, and you're meant to be a part of it. Joseph, though, has a crisis. Will he be a righteous man in the old sense, where he simply follows the letter of the law? What would the neighbors think? Everybody in their small town, everybody who they usually try to impress, Everybody would know that somebody has not obeyed the law here. Violated moral, social, or cultural norms. They would be talked about, Mary and Joseph. They would likely become second-class citizens around their town. They would certainly be shunned by some and suspected by almost everyone. What will Joseph do? He's a righteous man. Or will he be truly righteous? Truly righteous, walking with God to new paths toward the kingdom. Can he actually follow the angel's guidance and not dismiss Mary? Can he? But take her as his wife and help her bear a son and then name him Jesus and become a significant agent for God's plans and God's purposes in the emerging reign of God. He has a dilemma. And you know how the story goes. You heard it anyway. The story says when Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife. She bore a son. He named him Jesus. It sounds all so easy, that easy, that quick. Imagine that. That's incredible. That's magnificent. Joseph is actually transformed by the announcement of the angel. He responds to the new and the strange call of God. He followed not the old law, but the new way to life that came through the Spirit, through the angel. He went the way with God and for God. Joseph did. It's incredible. It's magnificent. And actually, Joseph stands at the beginning of the story as the prototype for righteousness for all of us to see. He has moved as Matthew hopes 
all of us will move from our own understanding of righteousness to living with and serving God in the world. He has moved from a sideline skeptic who thought he had faithfulness all figured out to an openness and a gracious willingness to be a part of God's emerging reign in the world. He has moved from a peripheral role of just kind of walking along Mary, beside Mary as she rides on the donkey or standing silently in the manger, never saying anything. He doesn't say anything in the Scriptures, but he's moved in this story to a model of Christian life. He learns that being truly righteous doesn't mean looking up a rule in the book and then doing what it says. It means wrestling with the complexities that come our way. It means seeking to be open and to the ever-unfolding ways of God. It means asking hard questions and struggling to discern what could this mean? What am I about? What am I supposed to do? It means actually listening for the voice of God to come into our lives and show us the way. And then it means doing the God thing. That's what he did. The God thing. The good and the faithful thing. To be really faithful. To grow. To prosper as disciples means praying and struggling and talking and being in community and striving to discover what God is up to. And how do we be a part of it? Because that's where God is calling us to go into God's future, toward God's reign. Our lives are meant to be aligned with that, the coming reign of God. You know what? It takes courage. It takes courage. I love that saying, if it doesn't include fear, it is not courage. If it doesn't include fear, it is not courage. Joseph had lots to fear, shame, failure, a sense of unrighteousness, the unknown. Where was God leading him? He didn't know. We have often the same fears. In Richmond, we have various projects and various pursuits in in our work and in our relationships. We might be afraid that our Christian belief is going to come across as unworthy or implausible or inappropriate. We might. If you are at all open about your Christian faith in whatever social circles or professional networks or vocational fields, lots of people might not understand why you are who you are. That's like Joseph. People might misunderstand this. What am I doing? Here's what Joseph basically said. I don't know what you're asking, God. I really don't know what you're up to, but I will try. I will listen. I will go. I will seek to serve. I will seek to be an agent for your purposes. I will follow. That takes courage. Real courage. Can we do that? Can we do that? That's what God is asking all of us. We don't know where God is leading us exactly. 
We don't know how it's going to unfold exactly, but we're called to go and trust and be open and become an agent for the coming of God's reign because God promises to show us the way, the way to life, the way to the kingdom. We're called to go that way. Can we do that like Joseph? Can we? May God give us all courage and faith to be the kind of faithful disciples we're called to be, following Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, we believe. Help our unbelief and fill our hearts like Joseph with your spirit, with courage, with faithfulness. Amen.